This is the Brick and Mortar Reborn Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you give a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, I'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insights to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. I'm your host, Bobby Mahomet, CEO of Radiant. Now let's get into today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Tracy Bissett, who's the founder of Bissett Financial Fitness. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bobby. It's my pleasure to be here. I know how busy things can get. So again, appreciate you taking some time out to share some of your insights with our listeners. Oh, I'm excited. We're going to have a great chat. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get started, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your, your company? Absolutely. So I'm based in Toronto, Ontario in Canada and spend a lot of my career working in financial services and commercial lending. And then about six years ago, I started my own business, which is really a financial education, coaching and consulting business for young adults and as well as business owners. So I really have the pleasure of helping business owners make sense of their financial results and of their cash flow so they can hit all of the goals that they have in mind. And it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Tell us a, a little bit about some of the clients that you were types of clients, or if you can share client names, et cetera, that you work with and, and, and kind of the areas that you really help them. Absolutely. So I work with business owners. Their sales are typically under 2 million industries or across the board. So I work with some companies that have traditional brick and mortar type businesses. Some are service-based. They're located primarily across Canada, some in the US as well. And it's really about helping them bring up their financial acumen. And if you think about it, there's not really many places um, that you would have been taught all of that kind of stuff. And so there's often a lot of anxiety and apprehension about tackling that area of a business. So I try to make it simple and straightforward and relevant to them uh, and tie it into the goals that they have for their business so they can really use the numbers to drive things forward. And a couple of the key things we really focus on is understanding the cash flow cycle in a, so they can plan for it and manage around it, as well as really dig into pricing to make sure they're profitable in their businesses. Makes sense. Makes sense. As you're helping just to, to focus more on the kind of brick and mortar business owners, I guess, what are what are some what are some things they initially reach out to you for with help or do they just call you and say I really need help across the board. <laughs> I'd love to say people come to work with me because they want to bring up their financial skill and they know it's a good thing. But usually it's when things are, are not going so well in their business and they realize they really need some help. So I do have quite a few people reach out and want to start planning for a future oriented business. So they're getting their business plan together. And, yeah. and as, as probably you've experienced and you've seen a million times, uh, things cost more and take more time to get going than you imagine. And certainly yeah. when you've got a physical presence, you've got a large cash outlay up front, whether it's just to get the premises ready, as well as then to to have the staffing. And so you're laying out a lot of money before you, you got to get going. So you really need to have a plan for that and make sure you actually have enough in the first place. So that's one place I would help them as well as then setting prices and figuring out how are we going to going to hit the goals and, and what are we going to need to do and what activities to really drive to hit those numbers. Got it. Got it. Got it. And what is that? Give us, give us what your definition of the financial fitness is. 
Absolutely. So I, you probably heard the term financial literacy. I tend to shy away from that, even though it's the one that people know, because it kind of puts people back on their heels. They're already defensive that they're illiterate. So I like to come at it from a place of positivity. And if you think about it kind of as a a journey we're on, just like our uh, physical fitness, we might be just getting off the couch, taking a walk around the block. We might just getting be getting started to learn about our numbers in our business or even on the personal side. And every day we can keep taking small forward steps to learn more and really move along the spectrum to become financially fit. And to me, it's a lifelong journey. Everyone is always learning. I learn new things every single week. So it's not a negative that you don't know everything. It's just how can you be curious and, and figure out what you need to know with the support um, because nobody needs to do it alone. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Are you, uh, as you're helping brick and mortar operators, business owners achieve financial fitness, what, what, what is the why's that you give them? Why, why do they need to, why should they be thinking about this? Why should they achieve this? Well, one of the issues I see when they come to work with me is they're not getting steady paychecks. So most people don't decide to start their business not to get a paycheck, especially if they're leaving a, a corporate role and they're, and they're starting their business or even if they're starting out coming out of school. They want to make sure that number one, they can take care of their own financial needs. And that means making sure you have enough money on the personal side, but then that you're able to support a business in your community. It may be aspirational. You may want to hire people. So you're contributing to employment. And then the more money you make, because I'm an advocate of people making as much money as they can, then they can offer their their services or products, either complementary to to groups that can't afford them. They can also give up their time, make monetary donations as well. And so I'm a huge advocate for people being profitable, knowing how to be profitable, and then doing what they what they choose with those proceeds once they're earning them. Makes sense. Makes sense. What are some of the as you're kind of working with these different operators and business owners, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see really, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs make? The first one I would say is not taking accountability for the financial side of their business. As I mentioned, school does a, a poor job of training you. So you wouldn't have had a, had a training in the, the business financial side. Most people are starting their businesses because they're excellent at what they do. So I, I kind of see one of two, two ways it, it shows up. One, they've got an accountant and a bookkeeper and they're just delegating everything to them and not paying attention. Or two, they're just putting their head in the sand, working really hard and thinking that if if I do that, everything's going to turn out and, and that's not always the case. So that's one. I, second one is really commingling their, their personal and their business expenses, which creates a big mess, especially when you don't know your numbers. So try to keep those straight. Even if you're not, in, not incorporated, you don't have a separate organization for your company, even use a different bank account, different credit card to run those expenses through to really keep things straight. And then I would say the third one is not understanding the cash flow cycle in your business. So it's great if you sell something, you get paid immediately. But if there's any kind of delay, or if you need to outlay a lot of funds up front for physical products, you need to understand what's going to be that time between that outlay and you getting the funds back in. So really understanding what that's like, and being able to manage it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Are you, uh, as, as entrepreneurs come to you, do they know that they have an issue most of the case, in most cases, or do they feel like they're doing everything right and, and they need you to come in and help them figure out where the, where the mistakes are? No, they're feeling pretty stressed. So usually it's showing up as anxiety. They're probably not sleeping well. Um, they're probably not as focused on their customers as they would like to be because they've got this stress on their mind all the time about money. And it's really like a weight on your shoulders. And I can see very quickly when I start working with people that kind of invisible weight lift off their shoulders. Uh, Cause it's not that we're solving all the problems immediately, 
but we're quantifying them. And then they're able to move forward with action steps to actually solve things. And 99% of the time, the problem is not as serious as people expect it's going to be, or it's not as bad. And so once they can actually quantify it, then we can move into the positive place of let what can we do? How can we fix this? Let's brainstorm all of the ways we can deal with it. But when you're you're in the dark, and you're in the unknown, it's just this constant state of stress. And, and that's how people are showing up usually when I meet them. Got it. Got it. Got it. And as, as, as you work with different folks, um, what are most entrepreneurs and business owners successful at when managing their money? Yeah, it's funny because they'll usually say, I don't know anything about math. I'm not good at numbers. I'm terrible with money. And I'll ask them how long they've been in business. And if they've been in business anything longer than kind of three to, to six months, I'll tell them that they know how to manage cash flow. Because whether or not you you talk about it like I do, you do it efficiently, effectively, you even use strategies that I would suggest, the mere fact that you're still in business and you can make the money piece together to keep that business going and keep that lifeblood going in the business, you're doing something right. And so I, I like to start from that place of positivity and we'll build from there depending on where they are in their knowledge and, and we'll take it further. What is your, and, and that's great, as, as you're working with them, it's a good point. If you're managing the business at a high level, you, you understand the dynamics of cash flow. But as you're kind of going through your financial statements, trying to learn more about you know, what's really happening, really digging deep into, into the financial metrics of your business, do you feel like most business owners understand the financial statements? I would say no, was a short answer. A lot look at their profit and loss or income statement, the one that shows them all of the sales and expenses. Oftentimes, they might be just looking though at their point of sale system. So they may not be fully understanding and seeing all of the expenses. They're very um, in tune with the sales. And so that's one part of it. We also need to look at what's happening on the, the balance sheet and then obviously the cash flow. So it's, it's akin to learning um, a new language. So the language of finance. So what are the right words? What do these things mean? How do these, how does the things that's happening in my sales and my expenses actually affect other statements? And so when we're working together, I usually start by just pulling out their statements and talking them through and answering all of the questions they have. And then sometimes there's no questions because they don't know where to start. And then as we talk about situations in their business, I'm showing them on the numbers, how it shows up. So you, t- you tell me about your customer and the payment patterns they have with you and, and how your inventory is working and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to show you through the numbers and the statements so that they can actually relate what they know is going on in the business to what now they can see in the numbers. And are you, as, as you're doing that, is there a stance of, do you feel like there's you know like two or three main components that you want them to walk away with and think about or do you go through the full analysis of this is this is financial fitness financial health in your business and these are all the all the inputs and uh, outputs that you have to measure on an ongoing basis well i'd go overall and then certainly i'm going to zero in on what's most important for their particular industry so there's going to be different key performance indicators that we want to pay a little bit more attention to if we're in a business where some of the main costs are inventory and labor we want to focus more on that and how can we keep track of that versus if we're in a different type of business, we, we might focus on some other things. So I do get specific on what's most important to them um, because they're not here to learn about things in theory. They're not taking a course at a college or university. They're trying to learn about what's going on in their business and how can they make changes and, and drive the results forward with their exact situation. So I like to keep it really practical. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the questions that we get a lot, Tracy, is as you as people kind of work with, as, as people come to you from different geo areas, 
Is there a difference in how you work? I know one plus one equals two, and you, you know, financial metrics, mm-hmm. you know, at a very high level are, are pretty much probably the same across the board. But from a geo standpoint, have you seen any differences in how you coach people? In terms of accounting standards, there may be some some differences that show up, but nothing's too major. It's important to understand perhaps if there's nuances to the industry where they're located. So I do ask a lot of questions in terms of tell me about your customers when they they buy things from you. What does that look like? How does that look? How does the money flow and start understanding? And when they tell me they're in in their own words, then we can start seeing uh, what are the patterns and then how it applies to the numbers. So at the beginning, I, I do a lot of fact finding with them to understand, um, especially too, if they may be an outlier in their own industry, it may not be um, that it's a geography difference, but it's just that they're not, not, they don't know what's going on in some other businesses like them. And so we may be able to make some changes to improve their cash flow or things like that. Got it. Got it. Got it. As, as, as you're working with business owners, how do you, how do you work with them and, and, and what makes you, what, what is the process for you to evaluate and, and teach them really what they can and cannot afford in their business? Absolutely. So I work one-on-one with business owners or through a group program. And so if we're trying to understand what they can or can't afford, what I find is the easiest way to do it is to build out a cash flow forecast. So really simply, when we're cash flow forecasting, we're trying to figure out and plan for how much money is coming in, how much is going out, and what is the timing that that's happening. And it's not more complex than that. So at the beginning, I'll actually start with, if you can pull out a piece of paper and let's start jotting down where does most of the money come in from? Okay, it's from your customers. How do they pay? Is it by credit card? Is it through different methods of payment? Is there a time delay? And start understanding that. And if we can't figure it out simply with a piece of paper, then we're probably making it too complicated. So I like to start with the basics and then we'll move into an actual uh, Excel spreadsheet so that we can map out the numbers because we don't want to keep those numbers in our head. That That's what can add to some of our stress and anxiety when we're trying to jungle all the numbers. So we can can jot down in a given month how much is coming in, how much is going out through all those various expenses and bills we've got to pay. We can see where we are at the end of the month. And if we're not going to have enough money, then we can brainstorm ways that we can fill that gap. Is it generating more sales? Is it deferring some of our expenses? Is it getting access to credit from a a bank or, or financial institution so that we can have some kind of support and safety net if if things don't go as planned, so that we've got all angles covered. And then we have a little bit more breathing room so we can move forward with what our strategies are. Makes sense. Makes sense. Is that plan that 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 process where you learn about the business and then you give you give your insights and you give them what to kind of walk away with and what to what to make sure that they measure going forward. What, what does that process look like typically? So initially, we would do an assessment. They would do a financial fitness assessment to kind of rank, rank and rate themselves in terms of what are the processes like in their business, how do things from there, ask some questions around more details around the process. And then I typically do an independent assessment of their financial performance. So without actually knowing too much of the business, I'm going to analyze it from um, the stance of a, maybe a lender or just an independent third party and look at financial ratios um, for their company kind of year over year, as well as in comparison to benchmarks for their industry. So then when I'm presenting it to them, we're starting to have that dialogue around what was it like during this period of time when you were running the business? Okay, you can see now how that lines up in the in the numbers or it doesn't because sometimes with um, business owners, their their books may not be exactly accurate. And so we we can detect some errors. And a lot of times we're going to find some things we maybe need to enhance or change in their financial statements. 
from there really move into more coaching. So less me to them and us working together, um, using a financial tool to create that cash flow forecast. And, and typically I like to do it for a six month period so that we've always got this sight line on the future. We do create a dashboard with key performance indicators of the things that are important to them and what's key for their industry. And then dig into pricing to make sure they're, they're profitable. I can tell you that I would say 85% of the, the clients that I work with, they're pricing unprofitably, which is creating some of that pressure and why they're not able to get steady paychecks in their businesses. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. That's, that's, you actually bring up a good point because one of the main questions that we also hear from a lot of the operators that we work with is how do you effectively price? And what goes into that? And how do you how do you how do you dissect your gross margin, et cetera, to be able to get mm-hmm. you pay yourself? So absolutely, I, I hear that loud and clear. What <laughs> what's it in your mind? What's the importance of cash flow planning and setting setting this pricing properly? And, and and I guess how do you go about that? Do you work with someone like yourself to be able to figure out? gross margins and, and set the price pricing correctly? Or is there like a formula that you can suggest? So first on the cash flow planning, some of the reasons it's important, none of us have crystal balls. So if we did, we'd be doing something else. We wouldn't need to do cash flow planning because we know we'd know yeah. what was going to happen. But by knowing what we think is reasonably going to happen, either by looking at our historical results or what we have in our pipeline, or we know what trends are, we can start to see, are we going to have a need? And are we going to um, need to get access to credit, as I said, or are we going to have to drive more sales? If we want to bring someone on board, at what month can we we play around with our what-if scenarios and start seeing when we could pay them? And it allows us to have more certainty, reduce anxiety for the future. Oftentimes, if you're going to be seeking credit, it's also required. Lenders are going to be looking for cash flow forecasts. So there's a lot of value in planning because it may um, cause us to change our strategies or our tactics for getting to those goals. So lots of value in the planning. And then when we're setting the pricing, I like to come at it two ways. One, I like to start from kind of the bottom up. So again, with just grabbing a piece of paper and I, I talk them through, what are all the things that go into you delivering this product or this service? What are all the costs and all the things you have to pay to be able to do that? And that's a really, it sounds really simple and really basic, but most business owners don't actually go through this process. So they don't actually know how much things cost. (laughs) So we want to get them thinking about that. Then we want to think about, okay, are you getting paid? Uh, We've got to make sure we cover in a certain percentage for overheads. And then we want to make sure we've got some profit in there. And then I like to come at it as well from kind of the top down. Let's do a, a survey of the competitive landscape. Who's offering what you're offering? Is it exactly the same or is it different? Um, because I don't think there's any harm in being a higher priced offering uh, or product if it's actually superior. So let's see what's going on out there. What's the norm? And then that also helps us figure out, are we targeting the right people? Because if we're going to be a premium priced product or service, we want to make sure that then we're targeting the people who have the means to buy it. So between that bottom up, looking at all the detailed costing and then the top down, what's going on in the in the market, then we can see how much are we going to charge that's reasonable. And I, I'm making it sound quite simple, but if we can start with those high level parts, then we can get into the details and start looking at those margins, as you say. With some businesses, we can, if we get... Um, and have the ability to sell a larger amount, we may be able to make more money. But usually if we're unprofitable on what we're selling at a low amount, the high amount is not going to make things different. So we've got to make sure that we're going to get paid and and things are going to be profitable because why else are we doing this? Most people don't go into business to lose money. (laughs) Right. 100%. Tracy, that was a wealth of information. If we, if you had to leave, you know, our listeners with three pieces of advice that you would give to them to grow healthy 
and sustainable business? What, what would those pieces of advice? So first is to be accountable be responsible for the financial side of your business. So as you're the the president or the CEO, make sure you're taking active accountability for the financial side. And that means having regular review of your results. So at a minimum monthly, you're going to do that, whether it's working with your accountant or your bookkeeper, looking at that cash flow forecast. So that's number one. Number two, don't be shy. Don't think you need to do it alone. So ask for help. There is no shame in working with an accountant, working with a bookkeeper, working with a financial coach like myself to help you build up the skills that you need so that you can can manage this area effectively. And number three, which is so important, is to really be kind to yourself through this process. Financial fitness is a journey. It's lifelong. We want to take small and perfect actions and we're going to make mistakes. Everyone is going to make mistakes. So don't beat yourself up and give up if you make that first misstep get back on track, take those small imperfect actions and and give yourself some grace. Um, By focusing on this area, your business is going to be all the better, but but it won't be if you you beat yourself up the whole way along. That's that's great advice. Thank you, Tracy. If someone wants to get in contact with you to learn more, how do they get in contact with you? Best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. So Tracy has an E and Bissett has two S's and two T's. And would love to leave a gift for your audience for those who are thinking, I want to get accountable on the financial side of my, my business. So I've got a money meeting agenda that you can use for those monthly meetings, even if they're with so people can head over to cashcoach.biz and download that money meeting agenda. And that first meeting might be just looking at the agenda and seeing, okay, do I understand the questions? It might be just looking at your bank accounts, but it's going to give you a place to start to get into that new routine and taking that accountability. So at cashcoach.biz, they can grab that money meeting agenda. That's awesome, Tracy. Thank you again for taking some time out to, to spend with our listeners here. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reborn Podcast, brought to you by Renian. For access to the latest episodes, please visit our website at brickandmortarreborn.com.